0: Welcome back to Pro ProRata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. Sponsored by Bridge Bank. Be bold. Venture wisely. I'm Dan Primack. On today's show, Amazon staffs up and old Hollywood turns to streaming. But first... The race for a cure. Yesterday, a woman in Seattle became America's first human subject of a novel coronavirus vaccine trial. This potential civilization saver is based on a formulation selected by Moderna Therapeutics in collaboration with the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. What's particularly notable here is that Moderna isn't an old line legacy pharma company. In fact, most people outside of life sciences circles had never even heard of them before they went public just 14 months ago without a single product in market. Moderna as a company was developed in the offices of a venture capital firm, just a stone's throw away from MIT in Cambridge, Massachusetts, with the idea that you could basically use something called messenger RNA or mRNA to help people make medicines and vaccines within their own cells. And this is different than how biotech usually works, where they make a product in a lab and then patients either swallow it or inject it. This Moderna process should, in theory, make its drugs faster and cheaper to produce, in part because it doesn't need to create giant bespoke manufacturing facilities for each new formulation. In this particular case, Moderna was already working with NIAID on coronavirus vaccines when word came out about the novel coronavirus. Chinese authorities released the new one's genetic code on January 11th, and just a few days later, Moderna was already at work on it, focusing all of its efforts and designing its vaccine on a computer without even having the virus inside its labs. To be clear, Moderna's process may move fast in terms of vaccines, but we're still likely talking about a best case scenario of months and months of clinical trials and then FDA approval this time next year. Again, best case, and it may not work. But for now, Moderna is fastest along on something we all may need in order to return our lives to normal. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with Axios healthcare reporter, Bob Herman. But first,
1: this. Bridgebank believes in the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors, those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. That's why Bridgebank has been dedicated to providing financial solutions to sponsor backed emerging technology and growth companies for nearly two decades through its national network of banking teams and offices. Bridgebank is a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridgebank, be bold, venture wisely.
0: We're joined now by Axios Healthcare Reporter Bob Herman. Yesterday, a woman in Seattle became the first human clinical trial patient for novel coronavirus vaccine. That's the beginning of a phase one trial, but vaccine trials are kind of long processes. So can you walk us through a little bit here the best case scenario for this vaccine?
2: We spoke with Moderna CEO Stefan Benzel, this morning, and he kind of laid out what could be, you know, a hopeful timeline. Obviously, this is very fluid, so things could change, but phase one you know this is just like any clinical trial this is the first stop this is the one where you make sure that your drug or your vaccine is even safe so after that comes phase two and phase three trials. Phase two, you increase the number of patients that get your vaccine, and that's to make sure that your drug is both safe and effective. And then a phase three is similar, larger sample size, and that's to really hunker down and make sure that your drug, if it works and it meets all the endpoints, that it could eventually be used for commercialization. And Moderna's CEO told us that best case scenario, hopefully they get to a phase three, that kind of main clinical trial by the fall. And so that's when they would start getting that going. And if that goes well, hopefully the phase three trial would run. And, you know, best case scenario, you know, by this time next year, springish 2021 is hopefully when maybe we'd be able to get some FDA approval. But that means that everything would have to go right.
0: Bob, can you explain a little bit to me? You know, a vaccine is different than a medicine, right? You know, a medicine is I got sick. The medicine is supposed to make me feel better or get better. A vaccine is preventative. It's prophylactic. How does a clinical trial, you know, that phase three, for example, where you'd be talking about thousands of patients, which is what you need for a phase three trial. How does it even work, right? So you get injected with the vaccine. What do they then give you coronavirus and make sure you don't get sick?
2: With Moderna, this is it's a unique kind of vaccine. They are using different technology. They're not giving you coronavirus. They are basically giving patients a shot that uses a technology that basically almost makes the cell its own kind of drug factors. So this is not an instance where patients are getting injected with coronavirus.
0: You mentioned that this thing that, that Moderna, which is a company that's not all that old, this idea that it, it basically is kind of body heal thyself, right, you know, your cells are supposed to make the medicine and replicate the medicine. I'm wondering, kind of broader pharma question, if this works, which would obviously be the kind of the biggest, highest profile, you know, top headline vaccine in quite some time, is what Moderna does in terms of drug development, does that become, if not the industry standard at least, did, are there going to be lots of copycats? I'm
2: sure. I mean, it, this is, we live in a world of copycats, especially in biotech. So if this works well, 100%, you're going to see more biotechs doing this. But this is also very hard. Moderna relies on what's called messenger RNA. It's basically manipulating that, those, those molecules to turn cells to, to fight off any disease. And this has been tried in the past. And it's kind of, it was very difficult so the Moderna tried it and you know it's also finding out that this is very hard and I think that's what we're going to be learning from these Early clinical trials here is whether this mRNA technology is something that could be replicated on a larger scale. It's still little too early to declare any victory here, but if it does result in any kind of vaccine, especially for one in the midst of a pandemic, then we would for sure see more investment in, in this kind of technology.
0: And one of the things, Bob, I found interesting because you and I were on that call with the Moderna CEO this morning was this idea that last year, I guess he said last November, they had been talking to NIH about this idea, could they design, develop, and then ramp up manufacturing of a vaccine in case of a pandemic. And they were basically going to do a test run of something like this this year. And then the real thing came. Uh, Let's broaden this out a little bit, Bob. There are lots of companies, right, at least working on vaccines, not in clinical trials yet, but working. There's talk this morning that Pfizer uh, and a German biotech might be partnering. Is it fair to say really that most large biotech companies are going to be in this space right now trying to be not just the first one to market, but yeah, trying to be the first one to market.
2: Moderna CEO told us, too, with this going on, it kind of seems like if, if there are other experimental therapies you're working on, you almost want to change your direction to this because this is the, almost the only thing that matters right now. It seems very intuitive that biotech is going to be focusing its energy here, but it's also not just vaccines. You know, the Gilead has a, an antiviral called uh, Redimzivir. That's, you know, hopefully could be used for uh, someone who has COVID-19 and would use this as a treatment. Vaccines is something that I think biotech is, is going to be focused on a lot more, but it's it's also more than that. It's also antivirals in case that doesn't go away and people need would hopefully get some kind of drug treatment as well.
0: And as a piece of that, is it also possible that vaccines that have already been developed, we keep talking about coronavirus as if it's a singular thing, but coronavirus is, is really kind of a class of, of viruses. And, and this is a specific one, which is why it gets called kind of novel coronavirus. Is it possible that other vaccines, not just that are being worked on for coronavirus, but for other things, could there be another vaccine that basically gets applied to this and works? Or is this going to have to be indeed a brand new formulation?
2: I don't think we really know yet. I, I think a lot of biotech drug companies want to see if they have drugs currently in use that could be repurposed for this novel coronavirus. So I I think that's an obvious jumping off point because the science has already been done on a lot of these drugs. Let's see if we can, if it'll respond well to defeating this particular strain. We see that with antivirals, Gilead's, Redenzivir, it was kind of being used for Ebola. And now they're saying okay let's try it for this instead so it's a natural jumping off point especially with vaccines if you have one that's already kind of been through some kind of scientific rigor we've done this much investment let's see if we can also use it for what has become the most pressing healthcare disease of our time
0: final question for you bob let's talk pricing a little bit and i know it's way too early because there isn't yet a drug when you talked to the ceo this morning did you ask about pricing at all again if all endpoints are met if he's able to get something out into market next year do we have any sense how much this would cost
2: Yeah. So I asked him and obviously Stefan said it's too early and it is because we don't even know if this is safe and effective. And I think that's an important caveat is despite all the hope we have for this, it's still far too early to determine any kind of victory. We need to know if this is safe and effective. But if we get to a point where it's commercialized, you know, he said hopefully that they would price it responsibly. We don't know what that means. We don't know how it's quantified. But I think it's also worth pointing out a lot of this is being done in concert with the National Institutes of Health. So this is taxpayer-funded entity, what many consider you know, the gem of scientific research, they are also doing quite a heavy lift here. So this is something that taxpayers are invested in. So you would assume that any kind of price uh, would reflect that as well.
0: Axis, is Bob Herman. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. My final two right after this. With
1: offices and tech hubs throughout the country, including San Francisco, Boston, and Atlanta, and new offices in Seattle, Denver, and Chicago, Bridgebank continues to meet the innovation ecosystem wherever it thrives. And through its teams focused on technology and life sciences companies and the equity investors who fuel them, Bridgebank delivers a responsive, high touch client experience. Bridgebank is a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridgebank, be bold, venture wisely.
0: Now it's time for my final two. And first up is Amazon, whose CEO, Jeff Bezos, apparently has been in daily contact with the White House over issues related to the coronavirus. Although he hasn't spoken directly with President Trump, and it's unclear if the conversations are about delivery, supply chain, cloud service capacity, or all of the above. What we do know, though, is that Amazon has announced plans to hire 100,000 new warehouse and delivery workers in the U.S. and also promised to at least temporarily increase pay for those jobs by $2 per hour. Not only should that keep goods flowing to housebound Americans, but also should create jobs for those displaced by things like bar and restaurant closures. And finally, coronavirus is creating an unexpected revolution in the film industry. Not so much in terms of production shutting down, which it is, but rather because some big Hollywood studios are now talking about rolling out already produced films via streaming, basically becoming Netflix. Universal Pictures will be the first to do so with its films like Invisible Man and the sequel to the kids' film Trolls, while Disney plans to release Frozen 2 to Disney Plus customers three months ahead of schedule. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven. have a great St. Patrick's Day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata Podcast.